0: Welcome to the Bethel Podcast. Thank you for taking time out of your day to spend time in God's Word. We hope that today's message blesses you and lifts you. Good morning. How are you? Good to see you. That was a little kind of lame. How are you this morning? Glad to see you in God's house. I uh, thank you for being uh, here. Thank you for your worship and your prayers. I just want to give you an update. I've been at kids camp the last month, and I'll tell you what, if I fall over tired this morning, this morning y'all just put a blanket over me and leave me there, because being with uh, 200 kids every week, 250 kids every week for a month, it'll wear a guy out, but it's one of those things where you're the good kind of tired, you know, the good kind of tired, it's the, where you're tired but you feel re- refreshed and revigorated and you feel excited because watching kids worship God, there's just nothing like it, Dennis. I mean, just watch it. Because here's the thing I've learned about kids. If they're not interested, it's obvious they're not interested. But when they just say in the, and they go to the altar and you see their hands raised, tears coming on their face, and they stay still, I'm talking about 15, 30, 45 minutes at a time, and they stay still, you know that's God. And uh, so it was just a great time. Your kids got to go this past week, and I got to see them in action. And let me tell you something, parents, you're doing a good job. Let me just encourage, encourage you, you've you, you got some good kids. Now, let me just say this, they're not the cleanest people in the world. And some of them wore the same clothes on Monday that they wore on Tuesday. and um, And when I went into their room, you know, um, we didn't win any awards for best room or best beds, I'll say that. But as far as kids that really, when it counted, they were they very, just very kind and gracious to each other. Uh, when it came time to church, they were always sitting close towards the front. When it came time to, the, to go into the altar, they always responded. So they majored in the majors, and we'll just work on the minors. Amen? Uh, I want to talk to you this morning, if I can. We've ta- started a kind of a mini-series called What the Bible Has to Say. And the last what two weeks ago we talked about what the Bible has to say about transgender. We took some topics that are well known, kind of maybe buzzwords for the day we live in. And today I want to talk to you about what the Bible has to say about pandemics. Anybody know anybody know what a pandemic is? <laughs> If you've lived in this world the last 18 months, let me just tell you what you not you not only do you know it, but you've lived a pandemic. And so the question is: Is well, what does the Bible have to say about it? What does the Scripture talk about anything that has to relates to what we've been through? And so uh, we're going to talk about the, that today. But before we do, let's uh, let's pray and ask the Lord for His help. Lord, again, thank you for the opportunity to come to church. Thank you for letting us come and have an opportunity to worship Jesus and to praise Him. Thank you for the, the, the courage and the strength to be able to preach the Word, but just to receive the Word today. It's so wonderful, and I pray it'll, it'll be a harvest of, uh, of uh, the Word of God into the hearts of, of all of us today. Those that are watching uh, Facebook uh, Live, we just thank and pray the same spirit that's here will be there as well. And to you be all the praise, Jesus. We love you and in your name. Everybody say amen. Now, nothing probably has impacted our lives in recent recent memory like COVID, am I right? Nothing has really affected the lives of people, of us as, as, as citizens, as church people, like COVID. Now, if we go to the Bible, the Bible doesn't say the actual word pandemic. It doesn't say the word COVID. It does say the word plague. And there's over 120 different times in the Bible it talks about a plague that came upon a people, came upon a nation, came upon a family or a person. If you just go back and jog your memory, Moses, when he was coming out of Egypt and God sent ten plagues against Egypt and against Pharaoh so that Pharaoh would, become, would come to the place where he would let the people of Israel go and leave Egypt. It's usually used in connection with judgment. God's trying to get somebody's attention when a plague happens. If you remember the same story, God was trying to get Pharaoh's attention to let him allow the people of Israel to leave uh, to go and worship. And uh, it really does. Calamity's goal, the goal of plagues and the goal of calamities in the Bible, is always to get people to turn their heart back towards God. That's the good news. God doesn't pour out judgment. He doesn't pour out wrath upon people just because he's trying to get his kicks. He does it because he's trying to get somebody's attention. And if you believe that, say amen. You says that, some of you may think, what got my attention? <laughs> got my attention. It, it, many, to many people, COVID may be political. They may see it nothing more than just somebody's trying to gain control or power over somebody else. Some people may see it as medical. It's just a, a, a disease like flu or anything else that, that's kind of uh, taken over. Some may see it as spiritual through the eyes of God. But I just tell you this, whatever your take on it is, it is the truth of the matter. Is It's going to serve the purposes that God has in t- 2020 and 2021. God's got a purpose and God's got a plan and he's working it out and he's using COVID to get it done. Now, if I could are you still with me? Okay. If I can take you back to Exodus, and if we go through the story, when God led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he sent ten plagues to the children of to the to the Egyptians. And if you remember, they were plagues of lice, there were plagues of frogs, the water turned to blood. There was hail, there was darkness. All the things happened to the Egyptian, but they didn't happen to the, the Israelites. The, the, the death angel came and killed the firstborn of all the Egyptians, but not of the, of the, um, of the Israelis because of the blood was applied to the, to the lentils and the doorposts of the homes of the, of the, of the Isra- Isra- Israelites. And the thing is, is the purpose with all that was doing is that here's what you have to understand about a plague and a pandemic: is it's trying to get somebody from one place to another place. And how many know we as people are hard to get moving sometimes. Sometimes we like our we like where we're at. We get comfortable where we are, and sometimes God has to stir the nest a little bit to get us to move from some place that's comfortable to some place that He's got for us to go. God takes us from mountain and mountain and glory to glory. He's always taking you to something better, a better place, a better, a better job, a better a goal in your life. And sometimes he has to make things so uncomfortable here to get us to move to go over there. If you take a little baby eagle, lots of biblical uh, relationship between an eagle and a Christian. And the baby eaglet <clears throat> mother, when she makes the nest... She makes it, the bottom part has got thorns and briars in it. And then on top of that, there's a layer of padding. And what happens is the baby eaglet grows, the mother begins to remove the padding, the real soft padding, so that the little baby eaglet's constantly stepping and laying on those briars and and those thorns. And the reason is, is because that mother knows at some point the baby eaglet has to get out of the nest and has to learn how to fly. And so she makes it so uncomfortable, and and, and so sharp. And, it, and the thing is, is because the purpose is, is the baby eagle will learn how to fly. God does the same thing to you and me. Sometimes life becomes so uncomfortable. Sometimes finances become so uncomfortable. Sometimes our 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 our, our the things around us, our job becomes so, so so uncomfortable because He's trying to get us to go from one place to another, and He knows the way that, the way to get it done. We do think that today that people are using COVID to advance their agenda. Let me tell you something. God's using COVID to advance his agenda. You've got to get that on the inside of you because some of you got so upset or so worried because of the politics behind all of this. But you have to understand there's a greater agenda than the agenda of man that's, that's working a, 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 a purpose out. And that purpose is that God's getting people ready to go from here to over there. Okay y'all y'all lost that you didn't catch that. He's getting us ready to go from here to over there. This is not the end game. This world that we live in is not the end game. This is not the the this is not the period. This is just the passing through. We used to preach it. we're just pilgrims passing through this old world because there's a place called heaven that God has for every single person who's called upon the name of Jesus. And as wonderful as this life is, sometimes he's got to make things so uncomfortable that we'll get ready to go over there. It's a place called heaven that we're, God's looking for. In the, <clears throat> Let me just give you some plagues that have taken place in the past. It, there's an, there was a plague that was called the Antonine Plague. It was a plague that was used. It was back in the in the in the in the uh, right after the the second century of two around 200 A.D. and the, killed about literally killed about 60 to 70 percent of the people in Rome of the Roman Empire. It was one of the things that caused the began the, began the end of the Roman Empire. The Antonine Plague was brought by the soldiers who, when they went to fight in the east, ironically went to fight in the east. They brought it back. And the people of Rome begin to blame the Christians for the plague because they said, you've not worshipped the pagan gods that we worship, so you've brought this upon us. But what happened is because Christian people, when tough times happen, we're usually the ones that go to the front lines, aren't we? When people are hurting throughout history, the people that have always met the hurting and helped the hurting are the Christian people. And they did it during this particular plague. And so what happened is it began to, to actually turn the thing around because people began to see the love and the compassion of Christian people taking care of those while other people were running away from the plague. The Christian people were running to the front lines to help the hurting and to help those that are in need of, of health. And so what we see is, is that actually turned the thing around because then within 75 years, the Christian faith became the state religion of the entire Roman Empire because it began to grow because of this plague that took place. I'm saying that COVID could be one of the best things that's ever happened for the church in our lifetime. I'm saying that COVID could be the thing that causes people to see the church once again be the one to reach out to those who are hurting and in need. The ones that have faith, the ones that are standing strong, the ones that are bold, the ones that are the ones that can stand for God in a time like this and helping people. So don't ever think that COVID is the end game. COVID is just something that's a springboard for you and I, for the world to see that Jesus really is the Son of God. Now, Martin Luther, there was another plague that took place, and it was during the time of, of the 1500s. It was called the, it's funny, it was called the uh, the, uh, the Constantine Plague, and it was named after a preacher. He had preached so much about it, so much about the effects of it that they named the plague after him. So maybe after this, they'll name this the Carry Plague because I preached on it, right? Probably not, but it's just a wonderful thought. But, uh, but, but Luther began to preach, and one of the titles of his sermons during this particular plague was whether one may flee from a deadly plague. People were leaving towns and communities and families because they were running away from the plague. It was another one that caused damage to probably 50% of Europe. Was, um, was caused by this particular plague. And what it said is what he said this. He said, we must do the same with this dangerous pestilence so that anyone who becomes infected will stay away from other persons or allow himself to be taken away and given speedy help with medicine. Under such circumstances, it's our duty to assist such a person and not forsake him in his plight. As I've repeatedly pointed out before, the poison is stopped in time, which benefits not only the individual but also the whole community, which might be contaminated if one person is permitted to infect others. One thing that Luther was saying is there's something that you and I have to be careful to do and that during a, during a pandemic is to be considerate of other people. Because the thing is, this is our time to shine. And, and Luther said the same thing hundreds of years ago. It's our time as Christians to shine. It's our time to show the love of God and show the compassion of Jesus. Luther said this, It says, look, there's people who have posts, and the question was, who can leave and who can stay? And he said, if you're a minister and if you do a service in your community, you've got to stay there and serve the people that are still there. If you're a mayor, if you're a police chief, if you're those you can't run away from the plague, you've got to stay there and stay at your post. Kind of like the same, the captain goes down with the ship. And I think it's the same thing today, same to say today, is the people that have to stay and fight. The people that have to stay and and, and be, the, be, be the beacons of light in this time, I believe, is the Christian people. Because there's a world that's death and that's dying and is lost without Christ, and you're the light that this world needs during COVID. Now, here's one that's fun to talk about. What about masks? What about the, because we have the masked and the unmasked today, don't we? There's those that wear masks and those that don't, and then those that talk about those who do and those who don't. If you're vaccinated or non-vaccinated, some say if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. Others say if you're vaccinated, you do have to wear a mask. One guy says if you're vaccinated, you've got to wear two masks. Some say if you've had COVID, you don't have to wear a mask. But I think it's safe to say what your Christian conviction is is most important. If you feel that to protect the people around you, you need to wear a mask, by all means, wear, wear a mask. If you feel that it doesn't matter, that to protect those around you, that you don't have to wear a mask, my friend, I don't think it's safe to say that you have to wear a mask. What I don't understand is if there's an outbreak in New York and they want them to wear a mask, why do we have to wear a mask in Arkansas? didn't think I'd get anything out of that either, but I'll say it anywho. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Leviticus chapter 13. Leviticus chapter 13. And I want you to actually, and some of you are going, Leviticus, really? Turn there. I'm going to put it up on the screen for you as well. But the thing is, is it reads like a doctor's notes. It reads like a medical journal. And it's interesting because it's going to help us to understand what God desired when a a, a plague broke out. This particular plague was that of leprosy. Leprosy leprosy was much more contagious than than COVID. It's much more deadly. Literally, as it it plays through, fingers and body parts begin to fall off. The person has to be quarantined from from the community. They have to go into a leper colony where they get to stay with other lepers. That's the only way they could survive in a, in a, in a, in a city or community. But Leviticus 13, it, reads, it, it talks about quarantining. It talks about diagnosing. It talks about symptoms. It talks about uh, remedial action. It talks about healing. It talks about contagion. All the things that we hear today about COVID. Now, are you there? Leviticus chapter 13. And it says it like this. I'm going to read out of the NIV. It says, The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, when anyone Now listen, listen. When anyone has a swelling or a rash or a shiny spot on their skin that may be a defiling skin disease, they must be brought to Aaron the priest or to one of his sons who is a priest. Let me just say this. That's, in other words, if you have a, a problem, like he said, bring it to the preacher. I'm just going to say this. I'm not very good with stuff like this. So if you have a defiling skin disease, please don't bring it to me because I may just (laughs) not be the the pillar of strength that you need in that particular time. Verse 3 says, The priest is to examine the sore on the skin, and if the hair in the sore is turned white and the sore appears to be more than skin deep, it's a defiling skin disease. When the priest examines that person, he shall pronounce him ceremonially unclean. Verse 4, If the shiny spot on the skin is white but does not appear to be more than skin deep, and the hair in it has not turned white, the priest is to isolate the affected person for seven days. There's quarantine right there. He says, look, if, I, if the priest looks at it, it's got these certain types of symptoms. We're going to remove that person from the, from the group. Verse 5, On the seventh day, the priest to examine him. If he sees that the sore is unchanged and is not spread in the skin, he is to isolate them for another seven days. On the seventh day, the priest to examine them again. If the sore is faded and is not spread in the skin, the priest shall pronounce them clean. It's only a rash. They must wash their clothes, and they will be clean. But if the rash does not spread in their skin after they have shown themselves to the priest to be pronounced clean, they must appear before the priest again. The priest has examined that person. If the rash is spread in the skin, he shall pronounce them unclean. It is a defiling skin disease. Your King James says it's a leprosy. So the interesting part about this particular story is that, as I read it, it gives us, it tells us, it tells the priest what to do based on the symptoms, not based on what it might be. Now, when we take that in context of today, one thing that we realize is we realize that today there's so much fear about what might, what should, what could, what could potentially happen. And when God said this, when he was going to quarantine somebody, he said, I got to look at the symptoms and make sure that the symptoms are in a person before I make a decision. Now, today, let me just say this. Today, there's such a fear that goes along with COVID. And that's what God has not given you and me is a spirit of fear. There's a difference between wisdom and there's a difference between fear. And so when a person has symptoms, absolutely, I would encourage them. If you any other sickness, don't come to church. I would encourage you not to go to work. Quarantine if you, feel, if you have symptoms. But if you just think that you possibly might have been around somebody, potentially at some point, that may have it and that you need to quarantine because of there's a fear that comes in and God's not giving you and I a spirit of fear. Do you understand the difference today? there are churches that have not opened to this day a year and a half later because they're terrified and it's not wisdom it's turned into fear because you still have a work to do and we still have a work to do as the church of Jesus and sometimes that causes us to maybe to have to step out in faith and trust that God will protect and God will take care. Mark chapter 16 verse 17 listen to me this to this morning. And this is probably not going to get maybe on any kind of mainline news, news, uh, television evangelist. Uh, but I want to tell you this anyway. Mark 16:17 says, "These signs shall follow them that believe." And he lists four or five different things. He says they'll lay hands on. They'll lay. The, another. Excuse me. The first one is that they'll cast out devils. Secondly, it says they'll <clears throat> that they'll if they take up any serpent, it won't harm them. If they drink any poison, it won't harm them. There's, a, there's a, a, a protection against nature as, as, as believers in Jesus. There's a protection against nature for p- believers in Jesus. doesn't mean be stupid, but let me just say this. It means there's a protection for believers who believe in Jesus. Supernatural protection. And so here's the thing. I can still walk and go out about my business and trust that as a believer in Jesus, there's a protection that I have. Now, I know everybody has a story where somebody said, but you know so-and-so went to church or so-and-so did this and they died and, and this, that, and the other, and I understand that, but you can't live in fear, my friend. God's not given us a spirit of fear. Even in the midst of COVID, God's given us a spirit of faith to continue to do what God's called you and I to do. So I want to encourage you. There's a difference between the two, and I want you to walk in faith. And I want you to know that there's times when if there's if you are sick and you feel symptoms coming on that by all means takes those those steps in the right direction. The one thing that I learned from from not going to church those couple of months where we we uh, stayed home, what I learned really quickly is that you and I need each other. You and I need each other. We do more than just we need each other more than just Facebook or messaging or 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 something like that. We need we need human interaction. And so I do, I, I feel for churches that, that, have, that still have not come back to, to have services. Because the thing is, is that God said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. And I know the reason he said that's not just because he, he needed to say that, but because he knew you and I need each other to make it in this world to get to heaven. We do better. You can quote this. You can tweet this. Christian people do better when they have a diet of other Christians. Hallelujah. So in Levit- Leviticus 13. When people remove themselves from the community based on symptoms, not potential risk, not possible contamination. If the numbers are high in Washington, D.C., why do you got to wear a mask in Arkansas? If there's an outbreak in Fort Smith, Arkansas, why do we have to close church in Jacksonville, Arkansas? That's just fun. That's just kind of stuff I just kind of read out there that I was hoping that you would see that some of this is just fear-mongering, some of this is wisdom, and I want you to know the difference. Now, the goal of the leper in Leviticus 13, was that he would be reinstated into the community. That was the goal of the leper. It didn't mean that eventually, because in chapter 14, it talks about how, to be, how a leper can be made whole, the healing process that goes through for a leper to be made, made whole. So God didn't design the leper to be removed from the community forever. His goal was him to be reinstated into the community. I think it's the same way here. Don't give in to this lie that you're just going to have to go and, 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 and stay away from everybody for for the rest of your life, because if you we may go out and get some get, get sick or something like that, God's designed people to be together. God's designed us to. It may look differently, but don't give in to fear. There was another plague that took place <clears throat> later on. It's called the Black Plague, the Bubonic Plague. It was said to around the 1500s. It was said to have killed nearly 25 percent of all of Europe. Once again, it was one of those things that. I don't know why Christians always get blamed when plagues happen, but somehow the Christians were blamed. But, but once again, they rose up, and they uh, they rose up and they became um, the compassionate ones of, of the time, and they, they caused the growth of the church to take place. And during this particular plague, as it killed so many people, bowls would come up on people's. Uh, priests were not doing last rites. People were just hiding from each other, staying away from each other, and understand there was rightfully so but there were some people that had to go step out in faith and take care of other people. Are you still with me? Have I lost you today? Let's stop and pray. Father, in Jesus' name, this is a tough subject, and it's a t- subject that we have to broach because uh, we live this, Lord. And I pray for those that are hearing, that are, those that have so many different opinions about this particular topic. But I know this, God, that you've designed us not to live in fear. God, you've designed us to live in wisdom and to care for the people around us. And so I pray that in Jesus' name, these words will go into the hearts of people, the spirits of people. It will bring forth a harvest. I pray for those that somehow this will get to somebody's heart who lives in fear. And it's, it's gone way beyond a sickness. It's gone way beyond a pandemic. It's gone into a state of fear, and they'll hear this, and they'll know that God's not given that. And that this world needs the love that comes along with it, a sound mind that goes along with it, and power that comes along with the Spirit of God. And I love you for that, and I thank you. Pray that know that you'll do this for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Another story in the uh, plague in the Bible, 2 Kings chapter 18. 2 Kings chapter 18, I'll tell you the story. The Syrian king has come against Israel. Hezekiah is the king. He's got 185,000 soldiers that are surrounding the city. He sends one of his, his uh, army men, and the army men literally starts talking trash to all the people in the city. And to tell him, look, tomorrow at this time you're going to be run over. Y'all can surrender today, open the doors today, but tomorrow this time we're going to, we're going to kill all of you. And uh, the Bible says that <clears throat> that night Hezekiah went to pray because he knew he was outmanned and outnumbered. And the Bible says that that night 185,000 of the soldiers were killed. And it doesn't tell us how they were killed, but I want to give you some Jewish history. There's a couple of Jewish historians, one by the name of Josephus, another of Herodotus. And both said the same thing. Josephus said there was a plague that was carried by mice. That these same soldiers had gone to Egypt. When they'd come back from Egypt, they were about to overtake uh, Jerusalem. And the mice that they had brought with them from Egypt had a plague. It was so powerful, it killed 185,000 of them that particular night. Herodotus says the same thing. He said mice brought the victory for Israel. Now, I can't give you that to be sure because the Bible doesn't say that. But is it interesting that God actually used a plague for the victory of his people? What seemed like a defeat turned out to be a win for God's people. What seemed like a certain certain destruction for a group of people turned out to be one of the greatest victories that 3,000, 4,000 years later, they're still talking about what happened when God brought the plague to the people. So my saying is this could be a great moment for our cause as a church and as the church. This could be the greatest moment. You realize there are more churches that are on the internet right now than at any time in history. The gospel is probably being preached more now than ever and that's because during COVID, we realized we had to get on the, the, the internet because that's the only way we could re- get the gospel out to our people and out to the world. You've got churches like Bethel. You've got little small churches with 15, 20 people. Right now, they're being literally around the world with the gospel through internet that could be the most wonderful thing to get it into people's homes and people's lives that would never hear it. So don't tell me don't 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 think that this is a defeat. This could be a win for the Church of Jesus Christ. The Bible said this studies tell us this that's not, not the Bible, but studies more people are reading their Bible during quarantine than at any time in the last 30 years. Because it's caused them to think about death. It's caused them to think about what happens when life begins, begins to be up, up turned upside down. Is it possible more home groups have piped up? Studies tell us that more people are meeting in their homes to study the Word of God more now than any time in the last 30 years in the church in the United States. We started, matter of fact, we've had journey groups that have met throughout all of quarantine so that people could get together and still study the Word of God. Don't tell me that things are going down when I know God's up to something. Last flu I want to tell you about, excuse me, last plague, 20th century. It's called the Spanish flu. What it really was, they called it the Spanish flu, but it was really an influenza outbreak. If you've ever had the flu, before they had the flu shot, it was once again, it was said that there was a 1918, a soldier brought it back, he was over in the Far East and brought it back. From there, people got to begin to become sick, flu-like symptoms, of course, you know what those are. And the one thing that I read every single time as I was researching is that every time it mentioned that Christian people were the ones that rose up and took care of, of people who were ill. And it says this, in this particular one, it says it was overwhelming the people. The message that the Christians preached in, during, the, during, the, during the, uh, the Spanish flu was fear not from the pulpits of America. They were saying fear not during this influenza outbreak. Don't be afraid. Many were saying, there were many that were saying this was the, the end time sickness and the, 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 the return of the Lord was going to come because this was the very thing that was going to usher in the return of the Lord. And, and there was people that would stand up and say, fear not. So if I can tell you today, don't fear COVID. You said, but you don't understand what it's done to my family, don't, but don't fear. I understand that. But you don't understand what happened to the church up the road. I understand that, but don't be afraid. Say, what you don't understand, the the changes I've had to make in my life because of that. Okay, I understand that, but don't be afraid. Don't fear. God is up to something. God hadn't stopped being God. God hadn't changed his purpose and his plan and his method. God hadn't changed the the, the motivation for life, and that's to go into all the world and preach the gospel. God hadn't changed his purpose and his plan for you and your life because of COVID. Understand this. I know we have to be conscientious of those around us. I know we may have maybe changed the way we do certain things, but my friend, God's still about getting the gospel out to the four corners of the world, into your world. He's going to use me and you to do it. Matthew chapter 25, Jesus said these words. and I think it's probably a good thing for us to say as we close today. He said, When the Son of Man shall come, and they sit upon the throne of His glory, before Him shall be gathered all nations. He shall separate them one from another as the shepherd divides the sheep from the goats, and he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. The king shall say unto them on his right hand, Come, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And he says this, For I was hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to, to me. And the righteous will say to him, Lord... When were we hungry and you fed us, or thirsty and you gave us drink? When we were a stranger and took you in, or naked and you clothed thee? When we saw the sick or in prison and came unto you? And he said unto them, I say unto you, when you have done it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you have done it unto me. If there was ever a time for me and you to do that very scripture, it's today. If there was ever a time for you and I to be on that particular group of people, it's today. Today, Jesus said these words. He says, when I come back to the world, second time, honey, he's coming back. Uh, Let me just tell you this. You could just go ahead and put it on your clock, on your calendar. Jesus is coming back, and it's more soon than it's ever been before. He's coming back not as a baby. He's coming back as King of kings and Lord of lords. He's coming to set things aright in this world. He's going to rule from Jerusalem. He's going to finally bring peace to this earth. He's the only one that can bring peace. And he said these words, when I come back and I see Bethel, when I come back and I see Caleb, and I see John, when I come back, he said these words, he said, will I find faith in the earth? And those are interesting words to me. My question was, when he comes back, what, 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 you, what might he find? Well, in the climate we live in, I think it's safe to say, what would he come back and see? He would come back and see fear in the eyes of his people and not faith. But I am determined. Let me tell you, I'm determined that I'm going to ride this thing out with faith until he calls me home or he comes back. That I'm not going to give in to fear, and I'm not going to go give in to doubt, and I'm going to stand upon his word. I've had ministers tell me, when I told them Mark 16, verse 17, there's a protection for believers, they'd say, well, I guess you just got more faith than me. My friend, if there's anybody that's going to have to have faith in the world today, it's you and I. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you right now. I pray that this message of faith would rise up in the heart of every single hearer. I pray it in Jesus' name. I pray for those that have struggled in fear. God, I've struggled in fear. God, I've worried about my kids and and my future, but I pray today that this faith would rise up on the inside of your people. Go ahead and stand this morning if you don't mind. I pray in Jesus' name that not one of us, not one of our children, not one of our teenagers, not one of our older people would would, would, would struggle, God, would fear, be bound by fear, but there'd be an anticipation of what God's going to do in this day in this age. There'd be an excitement. There'd be a hope and enthusiasm. God, for what you're going to do in the day in which we live. I pray that. I pray that fear would dissipate. But when Jesus came, I pray if he came back to Bethel today, I pray that he'd find faith. People would still be about the Father's business. People would still be compassionate to those who are hurting. People would still be reaching out to those to one another, to love one another through this crisis. And that I pray that the church would be the same beacon it was during the, 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 the plagues we talked about. I pray they'll be the beacon of hope and light to the world because of her compassion. And I love you for that. I ask it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I want to ask you a question. Real quick. If you'll be honest, death terrifies you. Be honest. And that's the thing about COVID. It's just terrified you about death. And maybe the reason it's terrified is because you're not 100% certain that you would make heaven should you die. See, the Bible tells us this, that these things are written, that we may know that we have eternal life. There's a confidence that you can have towards death. And, and I don't care who you are, nobody likes to sit around and talk about it. But the one thing that you just COVID really did for you is it just brought out the reality that we're not going to live forever, and that made you afraid. But listen, I want you to have confidence today. I want you to face today and tomorrow, no matter what happens, That it doesn't matter what happens to me in this life. There's a hope that I have in a place called heaven. In just a minute, I'm going to pray a prayer. And you pray it with me. You say, I don't, I don't. it doesn't matter. I'm not talking about if you've been baptized before in water or you've been shook a preacher's hand, signed a card. That doesn't matter right now. I just want you to know and have confidence that whatever happens tomorrow, if you take the vaccine, it doesn't work out good for you, or you, do, you don't take the vaccine, it doesn't work out good for you, whatever it is. But I want to deal with that fear, and I want you to know today before you leave, every person, it doesn't matter what happens, I'm going to be right, and I'm going to make heaven. Can we pray that in just a moment? Just gonna pray a simple prayer and just believe it in your heart. Pray it with me. I go something like this: Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today. Ask you to forgive me. It's the first step to getting right with you. And I know that there's some benefits of living for you, and that's confidence in the face of death. And today I give you my life. Take it and use it however you see fit. If you'll give me the grace, I live for you all the days of my life. I accept you now into my life. I thank you for it in your name. Amen. 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 So that means everybody in here should be right with God. Now it's time to pray. In just a minute, I'm going to ask you to come, and I want you to pray. You know people right now that are bound, people who are sick with COVID. You know people that are afraid of COVID. You know people that, have, that right now just need God to touch them. And you're the person. Maybe that's you. You're going to come and pray and ask God, God, I, I don't want to live in this fear any longer. God, I don't want to be afraid of the time in which we live. I want that boldness that I can complete the purpose that God has for me. Or maybe you know somebody that right now that you're going to come stand in, in, in for them because they're sick. And if we'll all come, I believe God will do something great. Are you ready? Come on, come on. Would you come join me up here? Come find you a place to pray. If you're at all able, come and find you a place to pray. Begin to pray and ask God to help those in need. Ask God to help us as a church to be a a compassionate beacon of light for those that are in this COVID season. Help us to be a a people that are strong and and, and faith-filled, but compassionate and loving and concerned to those around us. Thank you, mighty Jesus. Thank you, mighty Jesus. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it challenges you to dig deeper into the Word of God and grows your faith. If you would like to reach out to us, please visit our website at www.mybethel.net. Thank you.